In this witnessing workshop, we've been talking about how to share our faith. Um, just kind of recap, because, you know, we've been gone for two weeks. Week before that, we did just did a praise service, March Gladness service, and um, thank you, Usher, Usher, tonight, amen. And so tonight, I want to kind of recap a little bit. Uh, I was in class on last night, and the pastor said to me, he said, man, you know, pastor, we... Uh, you know, every Sunday I come out of my office and I walk into the, get into the pulpit and I look at the faces of the people and how disappointed they are as to why our church, you know, we have a good church, but yet our church is not growing. Our church is just the same. It's the same people. Uh, everybody's discouraged. And he's like, what do I do? I say, you got to teach them how to witness. <laughs> I believe that that's the only way that the church is going to grow. Uh, if you're excited about it, and if you're excited about your church, uh, you'll share your faith. Uh, if people see a change in you, a change in you they're going to want to know what's going on. Now, let me ask a question. How many of you, uh, you've seen a change in your own life? Amen. And we've been talking about if you see change in your life, uh, there are people around us who, how many people know some people who need the same change? Amen. So let me ask a question tonight. What obstacles are you running into while witnessing, while sharing your faith? What, what obstacles, what do you think that you're running into? What's the major thing? I want to get a consensus from the church tonight. Uh, what, what obstacles do you run into in sharing your faith or just getting people to come to church? What, what, what obstacles do you run into? Okay. They say they have their own church. And you just accept that answer, that answer? Do you probe any? Like how often do you go to that church that you say you go to? <laughs> right? Who, who is the pastor of that church? See, if the Bible says we have to be bold witnesses. You know, we, we can't just, because listen, that person, you may not see that person in heaven. Sometimes a person is just telling you what they want you to hear or they're just telling you stuff to get rid of you. Amen. Remember, they're thinking like you're like a religious nut, right, that you done lost your mind, right? You're like, right, all they do is go to church, <laughs> you know. You had to. It's too far. Okay, all right. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's too far. Okay. The Holy Spirit, right, right. The Holy Spirit will give you the, the unctioning, right? Like you had said when you were said hi to that 
that guy that one day, right? You just planted the seed. You know, it wasn't time to break off into a, a whole witness, witnessing conversation, right? Anybody else? All right, anybody else? Her husband is a Muslim, okay. Okay, all right, anybody else? Right. Right. Right, okay. Anybody else? What? Okay. Politics. Right. Right. Amen. Right. And we saw what Jesus did, right, when he witnessed. Uh, he didn't start off talking about religion. He says, hey, bring me some water. And that's what we have to learn to do. Because remember, our goal is to win souls. As a church, we have to be a soul-winning church. Uh, we have to get from behind the walls. Amen. We got to do something out here that's going to say something is going on inside of this church. Right? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm laying my foundation today because I believe that one of the greatest tools that we have is our testimony. Right? Our testimony is so powerful. So tonight, I want to invite you, amen, onto the movie set. Amen, of the witnessing workshop. Some of you will be interviewed for certain parts tonight. My gosh. Amen. Some of you are going to witness tonight. We're going we're gonna to see if you know your story. All right, because it's your story. Listen, you're sitting in church every week and you're coming to church because something happened to you. Am I right about it? Did anything happen to you? Amen. Let's go here to scripture. Let's go to, go to, uh, let's look at John chapter 19. I'm sorry. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And let's look at, okay, we, 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 we talked about this. We talked about the woman, right? And remember, I stopped off here. See, I remember. 
right, I remember John chapter 4, all right, and let's go down to um, Let's start from verse 19, right? We already know that Jesus already told her before he invited her into a relationship with him, he shared with her that she was living in sin, all right? That's the context of the passage. Verse 19 says, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet, our fathers worship in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said, woman, believe me, an hour is coming, remember I stopped here the last time, when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, but we worship what we know, right? You with me? Verse 22. For salvation is where? From the Jews. Verse 23. But an hour is coming and now when the true worshipers will do what? Will worship the Father, what? In spirit and in truth. For such people, watch this, the Father seeks to be his what? Worshippers. So, it, you know, it's more than just gathering. It's more than just gathering people into church. It's about inviting them to, into a worship experience. Listen, if you're not worshiping God, you are worshiping something else. Amen. And listen, remember what I said. There's no way that you can have a relationship with God and you have no fellowship with God. It's impossible to do that. Because here's the thing, with a relationship comes fellowship, intimacy. You want to be around God and what Jesus is saying to this woman, he says, listen, what God is after is not a religious people, he's after people who wants to worship him. Now, I don't know about you tonight, but I got some reasons tonight, amen, to worship God. I, listen, no matter how tough the day may have been, I got a reason to worship and praise his holy name because God is seeking worshipers. He's not seeking anything else other than people who will come and watch this and experience him on another level. And oftentimes, we make witnessing so dull and mundane and we take the excuses. Listen, I got a rule. If you don't want to hear me, I'm moving on. Jesus says, dust the feet, dust, dust it off your feet and move on to the next one. Because if you hang there too long, you're going to be disappointed. If you're waiting for your mama to come to Christ and she hadn't gotten to Christ yet, amen, then guess what? You got to move on. And oftentimes, what we should do is, listen, worship has to become a way of life. It has to become a way of life. But watch the text. The text says, but an hour is coming. 
and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be worshipers. Verse 24, for God is what? Spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Here's the thing. An unbeliever don't know. They don't really know what worship is all about. That's why when they come into church, they think it's weird to see a bunch of people like, you know, screaming. And, you know, when a person, when I see a person scream, I'm like, yep, God done did something for them. But put yourself in an unbeliever's shoes. They're like, that person crazy. But if you only knew where God has brought me from, if you know my story, then you'll understand why I worship. Saints, you come into church every week. It's not about you gathering. It's about you worshiping. It's about you giving God the best of everything you have because he gave you strength. He woke you up this morning. He clothed you in your right mind. He's given you a reasonable portion of strength and health. And if God was to take any, any of that from you today, amen. Listen, the very thing that you're praying, the very thing that you have is the very thing that somebody is praying for. You have your hands. There's somebody laying in a hospital room right now can't even lift their arms. You have your feet. Amen. There's somebody laying in, in the hospital right now praying, God, if you let me walk again. Come on, somebody. If you just let me walk again, God. I, and listen, they're making all kinds of promises to them. God has a hard job. Think about it. All the stuff that he has to hear from people every day. And some of it they don't mean. Some of the stuff they say, God knows your heart. You know when Peter said to Jesus, this is what he said. He says, God, Jesus, if you had to die, shoot, I'd go with you. <laughs> Jesus said, man, uh, matter of fact, in a couple hours, you're going to deny me. But no, 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 not me, not me, not me, God, not me. See, the very thing that we think we really feel about God, God knows us. See, and so when he says true worshipers, he means that he's looking for something extraordinary. He wants your best. Amen. Because when you give God your best praise, your praise serves as a witness to the unbeliever to say, man, there's something about that God. There's something about that God that he worships. There's something. Why is he always at this church? Why is he lifting his hands? Why is he singing songs? Why is he in the parking lot? Why, why is he doing all this stuff? If you only know where God has brought me from, you would be worshiping the same way. See, but when people really don't appreciate, watch this, the encounter that they had with him. They forget. See, we forget. We forget. Watch the text. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. And when the one comes, he will declare all things to us. Now, here's the thing. She knew, she knew more about Jesus. Listen, 
the people that we witness to, they know more than you think they know. Because they've been approached by many people time after time again. The question I have for you is, are you going to be different? Or is your approach going to be different? Amen. See, because here's the thing. She says, hey, we're waiting for Christ. I heard about that. Look what he says. He says, Jesus said to him, I who speak to you, hello somebody, am, am he. Isn't that something? Listen, I want to say this. One of the greatest things that, you can ever, that could ever happen to you is that Jesus would reveal himself to you. Can I ask you something? Has he revealed himself to you? How many know he's real? How many have had a real experience with Jesus? See, and because of that, that is what drives us. That's what should drive us. Now watch the text. At that point, his disciples came and they were amazed that he had been speaking with a woman. Yet, no one said, what, what do you seek? Or why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pots and went into the city. Now, this is where I want to show you. This, this, is where I, this is where you and I. Now, notice, she had an encounter with Jesus, right? He revealed to her that I am he. But before that, he says, you got to deal with your sin. You're an adulterer. Right? Brings her up to this point and says, now God has been seeking you. You are a true worshiper. So what I'm trying to say is we're not, you know, we have to use a different approach rather than probing into their business. What we have to find out is where are they spiritually? By just asking questions, by just saying, listen, you know what? Uh, you know, you know, tell you know, what church you go to. You know, there are different ways to approach different people, right? But what I love about Jesus' approach to this woman, right, is the fact that he dealt with her sin before he revealed himself to her, right? That's, what, that's how you come to Christ. Now that she knew Christ, come on somebody, the Bible says the woman, listen, she came there in the natural. I'm, I'm talking to you tonight. She came to church, I'm sorry, she came to the well in the natural. Come on, somebody. She had her water pots. She came to the well to draw water from Jacob's well. She wanted to take, she was going to take it back to do her business. But the Bible says, see, when you get saved, you leave them water pots behind. Come on, somebody. When you get saved, you will leave all that stuff that you thought you needed behind. She was more excited about the water, the spring that had come up inside of her than the water pots that she had to keep going back to keep getting water to be refreshed. See, when Jesus comes into your heart, come on somebody, there's something that happens on the inside of you. That, that changes you, that it causes you to realize that you don't need all that extra stuff. Are you following me? The text says, so the woman left her water pot, went into the city. Now watch this now. Went into the city. <laughs> what did the text say? Is that, is that right there? What, what did she do? <laughs> 
Hold on a minute. Let me see. Let me see if this. Is, let me see if I'm reading this right. She came to the city, went into the city. Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. She said to who? I wonder why she went to the men. You know why she went to the men? Because that was her profession. I wish I had somebody. In other words, she went back to the people. Oh, y'all not hearing me, man. She went back to the place where she was well known. And she wasn't known for being a worshiper. She wasn't known for being a child of God. She was known for what she used to do. And she used that opportunity. See, what I'm trying to tell you is sometimes what happens to us after we've been saved a little while, guess what happens to us? We become lazy. We become complacent. We Listen, the places you used to go, you should have went there when you first got saved. Now, some of you shouldn't have been there, but the Lord kept you from there because you would have went back. But, but here's the thing. Here's what he said. She said she came to the men. She said to the men. Watch what she said to the men. Verse 29. She says, come see a man. Oh, I wish I had somebody. See, may I ask you a question? What's your testimony? Is your testimony like her testimony where you can go to other people and say, listen, I'm not telling you to come to my, I'm telling, listen, I want to invite you to my church, but now you got to hear me on this one. I want you to come see. See that, like that, like that Patty LaBelle pie? (laughs) My wife asked me today, I said, just like the Patty LaBelle pie. It's just like the Patty LaBelle pie. It just started on social media. You got to taste this pie, man. And everybody, Walmart made millions on the pie. Thousands and millions of all the stores, you know what I mean, on this Patty LaBelle pie. Everybody had this pie. And it was pretty good, according to some people. I didn't taste it. But they say it was real good, right? Come. Isn't that amazing? That, you know, here's the thing. Your life should be more than just about you. About your comfort level. This woman had met Jesus. And what did she do? She ran back to the men that she used to sleep with. All of them. In that city. Let me just make it. Real, because that's what she did. She went back to the women, the men that she used to have. She was the round-the-way girl, okay? But not no longer. You know why? She met Jesus. And you know what I love about Jesus? When he meets you or when you meet him, he changes you. She says, come see a man who have told me all the things I have what? Done. See, when you have an encounter with Jesus, you're not going to say, well, I go to church already. When you're in the presence of a person who has an encounter with Jesus, may I say this to you? Jesus works through you now. 
He has hands, and guess whose hands it is? Your hands. He has eyes, and guess whose eyes they are? Your eyes. You and I become a representative for him on earth. And here's the thing, when you show up, can I ask you something? Did he ever show you all about you? Anybody? Did he ever show you how selfish you were? Did he ever show you how broken you were? I'm just asking. I'm just curious to see if he's shown you anything about you. I'm talking about your imperfections, the things that you know you cannot change about yourself. But guess what? He can do something about it. Now, that's a good reason to go out and say to somebody that you know that's dying and going to hell or living in sin to say, listen, come see a man. I'm just asking you to do me a favor. Come. Come see a man. And I promise you when you come, he will show you a better way. You know, we have friends that keep telling us about their struggles. I mean, you got friends like that. They're always talking about their struggles, right? Right? Friends and family members, and they're talking about their struggles, right? And you, and listen, this is what you do. You be listening. Right? What's the solution? They're always talking about the problem, but they never the solution. What is the solution? Jesus. See, it may sound superficial, but it's not. Can I ask you something? How many of you had an encounter with him? How many of you, your lives are different? Right? Watch this now. She says, come see a man who told me all the things I've done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out, listen, her her presentation was so compelling. See, if I want you to go to a new club that just opened up, I ain't got to say much. Say, let's go check out this new place. I don't want to go to a restaurant. Let's go check it out. If I want to convince you to go to this new restaurant, uh, Elias El Poco Loco. <laughs> Respect the chicken, all right. <laughs> Listen, when I when I when we went over there, she she invited us. She said, "Daddy, here." They gave us a coupon. So I said, "Let's go see what this hype is all about." Let's let's. You see what I'm saying? Let's go see. See, here's the thing. She didn't have to do much. And then we told somebody else, and somebody else told somebody. Matter of fact, we went to a restaurant today. We told somebody about it, and they went online and looked it up like, oh, yeah, it's right around the corner, X, Y, Z, right? Here's the thing. It's amazing how people get excited about the wrong things. Seriously, I mean, some chicken, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, God has been so good to me. It's, it's unbelievable because I don't deserve any of it. I mean, seriously, I just don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I, 
don't care what you say, I don't deserve it. And that's what keeps me going. The fact that, listen, my life is not the same. I've been transformed. I've been changed, right? But God wants us to get more people. That's, that's what he left. That's the last words he left on the record for us. He says, go. Go and do what? Go, you th- go ye therefore and make disciples. Let's, let's, that's a command. He says, I want you to go, but listen, there's something about this woman's testimony. And all she had was three, four words here, right? She says, oh, come see a man who told me all about the things I have done. They were like, I want to see who this guy is. That t- shoot, because I know what you did. You know what they were trying, you know what they were, you know what they were thinking? I hope he don't tell my wife. See, y'all never seen that in the text. So they come running to Jesus. They didn't, they didn't come because he was Christ. They came because they wanted to, they wanted their business to keep. I know he ain't gonna tell them. Hope he don't tell nobody. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Watch what the text says. And I find it interesting that she went to the very people she was sinning with. Is that deep? So what I'm saying is, in your life, you got some people you used to sin with. Oh, I don't think you're hearing me. Amen. You're like, shoot, you don't want to get them, Pastor. They, whoo, they rough. You were hanging with them. Matter of fact, you was just as rough as them. You got away. God spared you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Watch the text. Text says, uh, yeah, he says, verse 29, he says, he says, verse 30, they went out of the city and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, listen, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? (laughs) Jesus said to them, my food is to what? Is to do the will of him, there it is, who what? Who sent me and to accomplish what? May I ask you something? What are you living for? Are you living to accomplish what God has created you for? What did God create you for? To bring him glory. Amen. It says, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for what? Harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for what? Eternal life. So that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. No, he's talking about souls. He says the harvest is what? Plentiful. This is what scripture says. But the laborers are few. Why is it the church is always at a disadvantage? Some churches. Amen. Now watch this. Verse 37, verse 36, he says, Already he who reaps is receiving wages. Verse 37, for in this case, the saying is true. One sows. This is what I want to show you. 
One sows, one reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not what? Labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. See, there are people out here right now, out here witnessing, sharing their faith, ready for the picking. All we got to do is go get them. We are entering into somebody else's labor. Do you know how many fallen Christians there are today? How many fallen Christians do you know? I'm talking about they used to be in church, now they're absolutely not in church anymore. Anybody? A lot, right? Somebody already worked on them. You know what they're waiting for? To see something new, something real. Because they've tried that fake Christianity. Didn't work out so well for them. The, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Listen, I don't want to just, I don't want to just uh, live this life not doing what I was called to do. And what I was called to do is more than just preach the gospel. But I was called, and you and I were called, to win souls to Jesus Christ. The greatest feeling you will ever have in your entire life is when you lead somebody to Christ. Amen? Let's read on. Look what he says. Verse 39. From, from that city, many of, the, many of the Samaritans, what? Samaritans and the Jews had a fight going on. They fought forever. But the testimony of a prostitute, y'all ain't trying to hear me. God is not a respecter of persons. He is not a respecter of persons. But one thing I know about God, he takes the worst of us and he uses us if you're available, that is. Now, now, look what the text says. Let's read it one more time. I want to get it in your spirit. From that city. We're talking about a whole city. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I'm trying to paint this picture here. My, I, I need another brush here. Let me. From that city... How many? Of what? What did, what did they do? They believed in who? 
Come on. Because of the who? Of the woman who did what? Huh. Let me ask a question tonight. How many people coming to Jesus because of your testimony? I can gather people to eat. I can gather people to take a road trip. I can gather people to go just about anywhere. But my testimony is so weak. And they won't take me seriously at all. They won't even come to church on Sunday. But I have influence with them. Think about that for a minute. They'll go anywhere else with you. They will, listen, they will do whatever you ask them to do. But invite them to the house of God. But see, I think, I think that possibly, I believe that we're not testifying about the right things. We're talking about stuff, but we're not testifying about the real things. Here's the thing. She's, the text says, this woman was bad, boy. Here's a woman who you would say she had nothing going for her in life. She was a conniving woman. She was very deceptive. She lived in deception and lies. And Jesus said, you didn't have one husband, you had five. She liked married men. She, want, she wanted friends' benefits. She wanted friends with benefits and also she didn't want the commitment. This is what I'm trying to show you. God will take the worst of us, change us, and then use the mouth that he give, gave you to testify about how I used to be, but look at me now. Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, look at me now. She was a bad girl at the bottom. She was bad. She was bold. She, her boldness came from where? From her background. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I'm trying. Yeah, why? Why are we so afraid? Why are we so timid? Oh, I'm sorry. We don't want to offend nobody. We, we don't want to get in their business. Follow what I'm saying? And that's what they're thinking. I'm talking about them. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. You got to be bold. You got to say, hey, man, listen, let me, let me just say this to you. Uh, God saved me. Let, let me sit down and have a conversation with you right quick. See, the men you running, I used to do the same thing. Follow what I'm saying? 
And, and let me tell you, child, <laughs> amen, this is the outcome. See, when you say things like, but when I met Jesus, it's foreign. It's, it's, it's like, what did you say? I know you know about Jesus, but do you know him to be a transformer? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, uh, there are a lot, of, there are a lot of things out here. A lot of, a lot of people. But it's easier to believe a lie, right? And and then they they become experts at oh well, his name didn't really start with a J, because they didn't have no J's back then. Well, you're absolutely right. It was Yeshua. Okay? But transliterated in English, duh, it's Jesus. <laughs> okay? I mean, I mean, you're right. Right? And you get into these, you know, they want to argue with you. But see, I believe, I believe you could get around all of that by them looking at your life. See, and when they see it in, in real living color. Listen, I'm not perfect, but I'm not what I used to be. I know that much. You follow what I'm saying? And, 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 and see, this woman, I got what Sister Hunt said, she was bold. She said, the text says, she affected this whole city. You know what? A lot of us want to do great things in life. And you can if you have the right motives. God's not going to put you on a national platform if you want the glory. I don't think you're hearing me. God's not going to put you on a global platform to reach. The, I want to see this church reach the world for Christ. Is that possible? We equip leaders, think about it, to, to go back to their churches and, and teach their people. That's what we do here as church. All right? That's what we do. You, you, you got a taste of that last week, okay, of these teachers and preachers. But here's the thing. Us as a church, though, we have to do more. We have to stop being selfish. And we have to say, God, if this woman can affect a city, use me. The text says she had so much influence. Look, look what it says. It says that I just, every time I read this verse, it baffles me. She's on the newsstand. She's on the set. Are you with me? Look what she says. From that city, many Samaritans believed in him because 
of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things. Look, look at what she testified about. All right, so I need two volunteers tonight to come on the set. My goodness. I need two volunteers. I need two bold volunteers. I don't even know about two bold volunteers. Come on, I need two bold volunteers to come on the set. Need two bold volunteers. Come on the set. Come on the set. Come on the set. There you go, volunteer number one. Who's volunteer number two? Oh, bold volunteer. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Y'all, y'all, you know, all this teaching I'm doing, y'all scared. I mean, I'm trying to say, my goodness. All right. So here's the here's the assignment. All right. So basically, what you're going to do, I know it's blank, mm -hmm. and I wanted it to be blank <laughs> because you should know your testimony in your heart. Now, remember how we shared testimonies? Mm -hmm. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to initiate a conversation with this young lady here tonight. You're on the set. I want you to initiate a witnessing conversation with her to tell her all about what Jesus did for you. And I don't know her at all. You don't know her at all. We're going to be we we're, we're in Samaria. We're at the well. John, we're in the passage. She comes to get water. Amen. And you have to initiate a conversation with her, okay, using your testimony. All right? Let's go. Yes. Uh, hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Uh, I see you come to the well. Uh, you, you must be thirsty. I am very thirsty and tired. Yeah, what kind of work you do? Well, I draw water. You draw water. <laughs> oh, you take it back to the uh, the workers. Uh, take, yes, uh, take it back to the, take it back to the city. So take it back to the city. That, that uh, that's uh, must be a pretty tough job. Yeah, I'm the only only woman back and forth, and it's a long walk, hot, wow. long walk. Wow, you you must get real tired. I do. Wow. So what what do you do for rest, and and how do you get your rest? I mean, do you you work every day, or do you? I work every day, all day. Oh, I, <laughs> I rest. You work the night shift. Yeah. I lay down, but I don't rest. You don't rest. Well, why? Why don't you rest? Why you can't sleep? Or what? What's what seemed to be the problem? Well, um, I, I do have a problem. 
Um, I, I have a I have a problem um, because I need to draw this water from this well and take it back home. And that's all you can think about is drawing, like it, drawing is the water from the well. Drawing the water from the well. Wow, wow. Uh, well, I, I'm similar to you. Okay. You know, I, uh, I used to, uh, you know, work, and, and that's all I could think about was work and how I was going to feed my family, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get no rest, couldn't get no peace because I was always worried on, you know, how I'm going to feed my family until I met Jesus. Yes, I, uh, when I met Jesus, he, he changed my life, and I no longer worried because I began to trust that he was going to supply all my needs. So I didn't worry about how I was going to do that. I just, I just went through the work, and I asked God to give me the strength to do it, and and he gave me the strength. Not only that, he gave me, he provided the, the means to, to do it. So I didn't worry. So he gave me a sense of peace after I got to know him. So let me ask you a question. Jesus, is Jesus that you're telling me about? Would yes. he be able to give me the strength to get this water from the well? Or? Sure. Uh, sure. He'll, he'll, he'll make a way. He, he won't take the burden. Well, he, he, won't, he won't actually do the job for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he'll give you the strength to do the job. I'm and looking for somebody to do the job for me. This well, if, if you're willing to, to ask him mm-hmm. for what you need, mm-hmm. he'll make a way for you. Amen. You know, he's that kind of God. Amen. So, Jesus, oh, Jesus is not a man. He's a God. Yes, he's, oh. a, he's the God that I serve, okay. you know. and uh, I'm used oh. to dealing with men, so you said Jesus. I immediately thought man, So, but he's God. Well, he is God. He, he, he came down... Uh, and uh, he, he, he was born of a woman and, mm-hmm. and uh, died for my sins, that, that I, have my, I might have a, a right to, to everlasting life with him. Mm-hmm. And not only that, have peace and joy in this life. Okay, I want you to stop right here. I want you to get into your testimony now. Okay. Now, now look, look at what it said. What's the first question on the sheet? It says, before I receive. Right, that's where I want you to go now. Right. Uh, before I met him, uh, it was all about me mm-hmm. and what I wanted to do. I was selfish. I was uh, angry. I was always upset because I couldn't have my way. And, and then I met him, mm-hmm. and uh, he changed my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It was no longer just about me, <coughs> but it was about serving him. Mm-hmm. And he took care of me in the process. So yes, I. Uh, uh, it, it, you know, before I met him, he, he, uh, he uh, taught me some things, and uh, and I had to change my way of thinking basically because he uh, he told me that what I needed was him because I was always looking for something, right, right. and I didn't know what I was looking for. I I was just striving, mm-hmm. looking for something. And I knew something was missing. Right. See, that's the point right there. See, when you initiate this conversation, you have to talk about how it, what it felt like to not have him. Right. Uh, this woman, this lack of water, this this lack. He, she's thirsty. He said 
he initiated and made it so appealing to her that she wanted it. But when we're doing, when, we, when we're preparing, uh, listen, you, could, you should be able to tell your testimony in three minutes. Okay, this worksheet will help you to do that. All right, so the first thing is, before I receive Christ, now, the next thing you have to talk about moving into after that, because you don't want to stay, because here's what happened. We don't want to glorify all the things we used to do. We got to be careful of that, right? You know, yeah, I was, I was, I was, a, I was a drunk or I was a crack addict or I was a sex addict or whatever, and we tell the story, okay, but we don't talk about, but let me tell you what, what I used to drink. And, uh, you know what I mean? You remember that? You know what I mean? We used to roll it up like this. And, <laughs> you know, you, you, don't need, you can leave all that stuff out, okay? But just tell the thing, tell, listen. Tell how helpless you were. How many of you were helpless? Certain things that you really wanted to kick. You just couldn't let it go. But Jesus took it. Am I right? Unless I'm talking to somebody else. I'm telling the truth right there. It was so hard to let go of. You know how hard it was for this woman to give up her, her, her job, her main job? But see, when you meet Jesus, he changes you. What's the next thing he says? How did I receive him? So let me tell you how I received him. Well, first of all, uh, uh, one of the issues I had was smoking weed. I, I didn't just smoke weed. I smoked good weed. And... Uh, you know, hanging around white boys at A&M and all this kind of stuff, and that's what I did. And I didn't think I could do without it, you know. But what I, I saw that it was really destroying my life. It, start, it destroyed my opportunity uh, at a, a full ride of scholarship at A&M. It destroyed that. Uh, it destroyed uh, my opportunity for my children. You know, uh, because uh, what it does, it takes your takes your focus on life, and you you begin to think about nothing but smoking weed. You know, so uh, when I when I came home after losing a four year scholarship, I found a church that was teaching the Word of God, and uh, I I I can't say I really knew Jesus. I can say I was in church. But I had left church. I had lost myself by doing these things. And I began to worship marijuana and alcohol and, and sex and all this here stuff. So uh, when I came home, I went to a Bible teaching church, and I realized that that pastor got my attention with the word of God. And I began to change my way of thinking, and I began to trust in Jesus. So that's how I received See how the story now is becoming a little bit more yeah. like yeah. like Related. it's drawing me in like oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. seriously yeah. you were like that yeah. 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 you 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 know you yeah. you captured my attention yeah. when you got on your yeah. le- when you got yeah. real yeah. you wasn't trying to at first you were trying to bring me to Jesus yeah. I don't want you to bring me to Jesus just yet tell my story. just yeah. tell your story yeah. and your story is going to do the rest of the work. Yeah. There you go. 
that they can want what you have. See, here's the thing. You know, I don't know about you, but I sleep well at night. How many sleep good at night? I'm at peace. I may have problems. I may have situations, but, but I know how to cast my burdens upon the Lord. I sleep well at night. Now, when I wasn't saved, I couldn't sleep. My mind was running 24-7 how to do this, how to do that, how to get more money, how to go, where we going to hang out tonight. What, t- what time? We ain't coming home tonight. We know that much. Okay. We had to get high and drunk to go to sleep. Now, when you start telling graphic stuff about your life like that, and then people say, well, God, well, God would take a person like you? See, because the person that's doing what you used to do right now, what they're doing right now, guess what? They don't believe that God, they're worthy and that God would accept them the way they are. What's the next question? Okay. After I receive Christ, these things took place. Mm-hmm. Now tell me about that. After you receive Christ, what took place? What changes me? The first thing about this woman, what's the first thing to what's the first change she had? She went back to those men with a different story. Come on, somebody. Well, uh, when I when I started going to church, I, I start I had this renewed joy. And I used to go to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and and I didn't get tired. It, it was this, this, this renewed joy. And things began to happen in my life that I knew it was nothing but the Lord. And I could tell this testimony uh, trying out for the police department. You know, they ask you your history. And uh, I was kind of afraid to tell my history because I really wanted the job. As I say, I say, God, uh, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell the truth. And uh, I told the truth, and they told me I didn't meet minimal requirements because this is what I did, my past history. And I said, God, okay, you asked me to tell the truth. So just so happened that they denied me. But another friend of mine said, hey, come on over here and try for the airport division. He didn't know I had tried out for HPD. I tried out for the airport division, and they accepted me. I end up in the same class I would have been in in HPD and graduating HPD as same class. And I knew God was real. I knew God was real. So those things, yeah, th- those things begin to happen in my life where God would bless me and it inspired me to tell more and more people about Jesus. Now watch this. Life. What you just did, you showed her you didn't say, well, just because I gave my life to Christ, this happened. Mm-hmm. You, you just said, this came with the package. And, and that's what people are looking for. Hope. That when doors closed, amen, God opened another door. You follow what I'm saying? And what's the last question? last one is, pertinent or uh, favorite verse by which I might close. Right. What's your favorite verse? And you close out something like my favorite verse. My, my, Psalm 46. My, my, well, that's one of them. And one, uh, one of them is my favorite. And my mother used to always give me this. It was the uh, 23rd Psalms. Amen. Because 23rd Psalms told my life. 
Amen. my life story. You know, how I was in the valley, how I, I broke my leg because I, I was acting a fool out there and, and wasn't doing what God said do, but doing what I wanted to do. And God had to take some of my love, so he put me in the valley. Again, being in the valley, God got my attention, so I couldn't do nothing but look up and, 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 and pay attention to what he had to tell me. Amen. Give him a hand, y'all. Now, was that threatening? That was just a conversation. We just, we just talked. Right? Now, now, you planted the seed. Now, the next time now, we're going to say now, let, let, me, let me give you the good person test. And then you move them into salvation. But right now, you're just trying to show them that it's real. That's what that woman did. All right, I need two more people. Give them a hand, y'all. I need two more people. Amen. Great job. Great job. Amen. Amen. Need to keep the paper. Amen. I need two people. I mean, come here, Yolanda. Amen. I, I knew she was going to be next. Amen. Amen. Who's next? Who want to volunteer now? Come here, Alexis. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. All right. All right. There you go. Ooh, sorry. There you go. All right. All right. Who wants to be the the witnesser? And who wants to be the one that's lost? She lost. <laughs> All right. So let's do it. We we're at the well. We're at the well. Love your hair. Thank you look so you. pretty. Thank you. I wow. like yours too. We got the same Thank color you, honey. going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where'd you get your outfits from? Mm, a lot of places. Um, my old job your at old Zara. Job. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of clothes. And where is that? It's in the Galleria. In the Galleria. I've mm-hmm. never been there. Really? You should you go. Oh, honey, I desire to go there. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of money. Well, that I don't have, but <laughs> it's coming. So, do you go to church? I don't. You don't? Why you don't go to church? I, you know, I don't believe in all of that. You know, it's just, I don't know. I see that they, you know, people, they go to church and they still be acting funny. So, I don't, I don't, mm. I don't see why I should go. I can do that without going to church. Just let me tell you a little something, okay? Okay. I don't know if anybody ever introduced Jesus to you, but I can tell you that he's been really good to me. I was really lost like you were. I didn't believe in, well, I didn't, can't say I didn't believe in church, but I know a lot of people that was in church and that was playing church, and <clears throat> it just didn't seem real to me. So, you know, I was doing my own thing. I mm-hmm. thought just doing me was just everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I said I was lost and didn't know, I was really in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I was going to the club. Oh, always really? Girl, yes. Yes. Honey. I was always looking pretty mm-hmm. and just trying to, you know, get the wrong, you know, attention, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. But that's what I enjoyed doing. I used to smoke. I used to drink and party. But when I tell you it led me nowhere, it led me nowhere. It was like 
I had so many things that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I never could seem to accomplish them because mm-hmm. I guess I couldn't stay focused long enough, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it was like, it wasn't until I met Jesus that I was able to focus. When I met him, I had like a real encounter with him. I was in the streets and I was running and trying to do my own thing, but certain things just kept knocking me down. Mm -hmm. And every time I get knocked down, I have to go to my pastor. Mm -hmm. Well, he was my uncle at the time, who Mm -hmm. was the pastor of a church. Mm -hmm. He kept telling me, it's because you're not living right. You gotta get yourself together. You gotta just trust God and, you know, trust God and just be with, come to him. Mm-hmm. I tried it, you know, I was like in and out. I was in for a minute. I get there, God do certain things for me and I would be there for a while. Then after I got what I needed, I was gone. See, I was gone. See, that's what I was talking about. Well, it was, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you can say that, but it wasn't until I guess I could say I totally surrendered. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I used to smoke and drink. I don't drink anymore. I don't mm-hmm. smoke anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was because of God. I can't. Because I always said to myself, girl, I'm going to smoke to the day I die. Everybody got to die with a sin. And that's going to be my one sin. You know, that was me. But today, I don't smoke no more. And it wasn't nobody but God. Mm-hmm. I used to run the streets. I used to worry about how my bills was going to get paid. Now I don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, because I be, I, I be trying to do my own thing, and it just seems like nothing ever works out. I'll be like, what is, is it me, or what am I doing wrong? It's just God trying to get your attention, honey. Probably. He's just trying to get your attention. Probably. That's all it is. And then once you, like, come to him, mm-hmm. you'll be amazed at what he can do for you. He'll change your <laughs> life totally, totally. Out some details of her past, but it's cool. <laughs> she can't tell me everything. She would tell it all. I'll tell it all. No problem. I used to. I didn't work. Mm-hmm. I used to, what you say, hustle. Mm-hmm. I used to hustle men for money. I used to sell weed. You know, it was a lot of things I did to get money where I didn't. I didn't have to work. Mm-hmm. But that too can be draining and tiring and you, it gets you nowhere. And I thank God today that even when I was out there in the world, I didn't get no diseases. He saved me from all of that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. See how real that's becoming now? <laughs> See, when you, when you are telling your story, mm-hmm. you don't have to put no pretty picture on it. I know you're not. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. just tell it as bluntly as you can. Because the other person is there. Mm-hmm. God set, the Holy Spirit set up the situation, and they need to hear that, oh, man, God will take somebody like you. See what I'm saying? Okay, so the next question is what? How I receive Christ. So, so you're still talking. You gave him your past. Mm-hmm. Now talk to him about how. Talk about, because remember, what the woman of the well, what the woman of the well did, she ran back and said, come see a man who told me mm-hmm. all about myself. Go ahead. I accepted Christ, how I accepted Christ, I was going to church, my sister and my brother-in-law had a church, I mean, I've accepted him, but how I rededicated my life to Christ, I 
brother and my sister had a church, and they was always inviting me to come. And so one time I came, and I was like really, really down. Like I was worn out, like from trying to make it. And I was like just tired, and I just asked God to help me because I was tired of living that way. I didn't want to have to figure out how I was going to make it you know, tricking these men and doing these different things. I was just tired. And I prayed and I asked God, God, if you just save me, if you just help me, then I'll live for you. And God blessed me with a job. I was on my job for four years. Remember, I didn't work. I never had a job. Well, I had a business, but that was just, Mm -hmm. I never had a job where I had to punch a clock and really be accountable. You Mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? So... God blessed me with the job. I've been on my job for four years, and he blessed me with a car, my own car, like not something I got from a man or something, something I actually did on my own, but with the help of him, and he's allowed me to keep it. So i just been serving him from that point on because I realized that I didn't need that extra to be able to make it. God was helping me to make it. After I received Christ, these changes took place. I kind of like rolled into it already. Okay. All right, okay, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Now, well, what I want you to do is I want you to talk about the encounter. Remember, you, you make remember Jesus has to be the highlight, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about what that moment was like. I know you t- touched on it, right? You're like, I'm tired. I can't do this no more. What happened? What What did you do? What did you, what happened? I just surrendered. I mean, I just asked God to help me. And in that, I found peace. And in me surrendering, I found that I could make it. And it was like, a peace I never had before. I can't really explain it, but it was a peace that I never had before because of the things I used to do. I didn't have to do them no more. It was like that burden was lifted from me. And I was so excited about it. Like, I wanted to tell somebody, you know, like, I can't believe it because the, the old me, it was no longer. It was like God immediately took it from me. And I didn't stop smoking right away, but then God eventually took that from me as well. So, so I mean, it, the encounter was awesome. Like, I just wanted to tell everybody I knew, you know, how that feeling was to me. Like, you got to try it for yourself to be able to, to know that feeling. Now you ask her, would you like to try? Would you like to try it? God is awesome. When I tell you he can do miracles, he can do miracles, honey. I'll try it. Okay, girl, well, come go to but, church with but me. But do you we believe it? Yeah. Ask her. I know you're going to try, but do you believe it? Okay. Do you believe that he can change you? Right, but remember, she's telling you paint the picture for mm-hmm. you of the life that she has now, the life mm-hmm. that she used to have, the life that you could have. Okay, and you say, you know, would you like to have that life? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the next step is to present the, the plant, the, exactly, the gospel. Amen. 
Give them a hand, y'all. Good job. Amen. They were sweating. They're like, oh, my gosh. Ooh, I can't believe we did this. And, you know, y'all keep the paper. Keep the paper. Keep the paper. Amen. Amen. So next week, we're going to get some more people up here. <laughs> Everybody is going to get an opportunity, amen, to share their story. Amen. Look, she's sweating like a big dog. <laughs> Listen, um, what I want to say is, when you are very transparent about your past, amen. See, when we look at people in church on Sunday, we won't even believe that that's the kind of stuff. You find what I'm saying? You know, that woman in, in the scripture, can you imagine her on Sunday morning? People are like, man, she's a saint. Now, don't hold my past against me. Hello, somebody. Just because you're hearing my past. But God gave you a past for a reason. And if you're not ashamed of what God has done in your life, then you'll be able to tell somebody else that's dying, that's going to hell, your story. May I say this to you? Your story is important. All right? Now, on your worksheet, on page six, I want you to Look at it, session five, my story, and it tells you how to write your personal story. So I want you all to write your story. Be brief, all right? My life before I made a commitment to follow Jesus, how I came to know him personally, and how Jesus changed my life since I came to know him personally. Listen, we can put a book together in this church. Seriously, every one of us has a chapter. You follow what I'm saying? We were all part of something. We were all heading in the wrong direction. And then Jesus saved us. And tonight as we close, I want to tell you, I am proud of who I am in Jesus. You know what? Don't you ever be ashamed of where God has brought you from. Now, your story is real. I, I know that personally. Your story is real. We heard two stories tonight. Amen. And, and, and when, as you were speaking, I was like, man, yeah, I remember that. Amen. I remember, can I testify for you? I remember when she couldn't, she, I, I was scared for her. <laughs> She's like, Pastor, I'm going to give me a job. A job. <laughs> job. <laughs> Here's a woman who didn't need a job. But she chose not to depend. I remember what I was preaching during that time of your life. And how through preaching and teaching and counsel, she was able to stand on her own two feet. Only Jesus can do that. See, you don't have to sell your soul to the devil to make it. You don't have to do that. But if you depend on God showed her. I remember how God showed you how to have a job and, how, and tithing, all that kind of stuff, and how you prospered. So not to serve God <laughs> would be what? Do you, do you remember? I remember God sparing you. <laughs> Amen. When your car flipped over and 
You follow what I'm saying? All the, I remember all these things, you see, and how he has kept you. He promoted you. He blessed you. He made it now where you could be a church, whereas before, you know what I mean, you know, you couldn't be a church. But even with that, even with your lifestyle, God says, I still love you, man. Listen, we all struggle with something, but God loves us so much that he's willing to forgive us over and over again to get us to that place where he wants us. You know, I said something Sunday. You know, we may not, I may not preach to masses, but I preach to people I believe who are serious about God. I know that times you get tired in the journey. I know times you struggle, but listen, you have the right person in your, on your, in your corner. This woman intrigued me. She turned a whole city to Christ. Can you turn some people to Christ? That's the question. You have a story. Your story can turn millions to Christ. Because every one of you have been uniquely touched by God. For me, I lost my mind. Literally, she was there. She was there. And God gave me my mind back. I always say this, the reason I'm so committed is because I remember being out of my mind totally out of my mind, talking to myself, hearing voices telling me to do this and do that and do, do bad stuff. And I'm like, man, where is this coming from? I couldn't help myself. I was literally demon-possessed, out of control. I was the man in the tomb who was cutting himself. And all I did was walk through that same church that she was talking about on a Sunday morning and ask Jesus to come into my life. I will never stop telling that story. It was nobody but Jesus. Now, can I ask you something? Who changed you? Start telling somebody about it. Amen? Give God a hand clap praise.